And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is February 10th. 41st day of the new year. 324 days remain until this year is over with. And in history, there's been a lot of things happen on this particular day. 1258, Baghdad falls to the Mongols, ending the Islamic Golden Age. In uh, 1355, the St. Scholastica Day riot breaks out in Oxford, England. 63 scholars and 30 locals dead in two days. 1502, Vasco da Gama sets sail from Lisbon on his second voyage to India. The uh, 1763, the French and Indian War. Treaty of Paris ends the war and France cedes Quebec to Great Britain. 1814, Napoleonic Wars. The Battle of Champaubert ends in French victory over the Russians and the Prussians. 1840, Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom marries Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. The, uh, this day in 1861, Jefferson Davis is uh, notified by telegraph. He's been chosen as provisional president of the Confederate States of America. The uh, 1862, Union Naval Flotilla destroys the bulk of the Confederate Mosquito Fleet in the Battle of Elizabeth City on the... Uh, Pasquatonk River in North Carolina. 1906, the HMS Dreadnought, the first of a revolutionary new breed of battleships, is christened. 1920, Joseph Hather de Hollenberg performs the symbolic wedding of Poland to the sea, celebrating restitution of uh, Polish access to the open sea. Kind of odd, but Still, the uh, 1920s, 75% of the population of Zone 1 votes to join Denmark in the 1920s Wesley Plumpton sites. 1923, Texas Tech University is founded as Texas Technological School uh, College in Lubbock, Texas. The... Uh, 1930, the Vietnam Quy Dang Dong uh, launches the failed uh, Yabai mutiny in hopes of overthrowing French protectorate over Vietnam. The uh, 1933, in round 13 of a boxing match in New York City's Madison Square Garden, Primo Carnera knocks out Ernie Schaff. Schaff dies four days later. The uh, 1936 Second Italo-Abyssinian War. Italian troops launched the Battle of Amba Aradam against Ethiopian defenders. For its time, the Italian army was a modern army with modern weapons. And the Germans had to come help them because they were being defeated by Ethiopians with primitive weapons. Go figure. Uh, 1939, Spanish Civil War. The Nationalists can clear Catalonia and seal the border with France. 
1940, the Soviet Union begins mass deportation of Polish citizens from occupied uh, eastern Poland to Siberia. 1943, attempting to completely lift the siege of Leningrad, the Soviet Red Army engages German troops and Spanish volunteers in the Battle of Krasny Bor. 1947, the Paris Peace Treaties are signed by Italy, Romania, Hungary, Bulgaria, Finland, and the Allies of World War II. 1954, President Eisenhower warns against U.S. intervention in Vietnam. Hindsight shows he was right. Now, having said that, had the politicians stayed out of trying to run the war, militarily we would have won. But instead, uh, people with absolutely no military background were giving directions to the generals. Because it's logical, don't you know? Uh, 1962, captured American U-2 spy plane pilot Gary Powers is exchanged for captured Soviet spy Rudolf Abel. Uh, 1964, Melbourne Voyager collision. Aircraft carrier HMAS Melbourne collides with and sinks the destroyer HMAS Voyager off the south coast of New South Wales, Australia. 82 people die. 1967, the 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified. 1972, Ross Al. Kaimai joins the United Arab Emirates, now making up seven em uh, uh, Emirates. 1984, Kenyan soldiers killing an estimated 5,000 ethnic Somali Kenyans in the Wagalia massacre. 1989, Ron Brown is elected chairman of the Democratic National Committee, becoming the first African American to lead a major American political party. 1996, IBM Supercomputer Deep Blue defeats Garry Kasparov in chess for the first time. 2003, France and Belgium break the NATO procedure of silent approval concerning the timing of protective measures for Turkey in case of a possible war with Iraq. Two thousand nine, the communication satellites Iridium. 33 and Cosmos 2251 collide in orbit. Both are destroyed. The um, 2013, 36 people are killed and 39 others are injured in a stampede in Allahabad, India during the Kumbh Maya Festival. 2016, South Korea decides to stop the operation of the Kaesong Joint Industrial Complex with North Korea and Response to the launch of uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, it was a missile. I couldn't begin to pronounce the the name of it. 2018, 19 people were killed and 66 injured when a Kutan motor bus double decker en route on route 8872 in Hong Kong overturns. And in 2021. The traditional carnival in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, is canceled for the first time because of COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, as we saw here, everyone had to run hide under their beds thanks to uh, Fossey's pronouncements. Now, 
We've been talking for the last few shows about um, haunted hospitals. And before anyone thinks we have a monopoly on haunted hospitals, I'm going to talk about some haunted hospitals in other countries. Next week we're going to talk about uh, some more really bizarre uh, events that have happened in the world. Now, the first country we're going to look at is Italy. In fact, Palermo, Rome. And it's the Palermo Hospital. Now, there's an archive newspaper article that appeared in the Altoona Mirror, March 18, 1927. And it was headed, The Haunted Hospital. Rome, March 18th. The inmates of a hospital at Palermo have been much disturbed by the the visit of spirits which were accused by two night nurses of pulling their hair. On one occasion the ward echoed with eerie cries of a nurse haunted as she declared by pursuing ghosts and it took all the persuasion of the chaplain and much sprinkling of holy water before the patients could be persuaded to go back to their beds. There had been a stampede down the wards. On the nurses being given a room that they approved of, the, the spirits uh, had been laid to rest without a miracle. Now that raises certain interesting questions. Were the nurses making it up? Certainly, nurses, uh, if they panic, can disturb the patients. But did the patients see something as well? We don't have near enough information about this. But clearly, Something happened. Let me go to Venice. Coviglia Island. Now some people have called this the real life Shutter Island. If the legends will be believed, Coviglia Island is composed of one part human remains and one part earth. From the air, Coviglia Island, located in the Venetian Lagoon, looks... Uh, like a lush green paradise, but its uh, shadowy history is filled with uh, so many unimaginable horrors. It's surrounded by as uh, that is, it is surrounded as much by rumors and superstitions as it is by the Mediterranean. In the 1770s, Perviglia Island began functioning under the jurisdiction of the Magistrato Aya Sanita, or the Public Health Office. Is a sort of um, checkpoint for ships. Right. Well, unfortunately, my peanut gallery needed to be dealt with. <coughs> they thought there were uh, people taking unfair advantage of uh, the property. So, anyway, 1770s, Paviglia Island came under the control of the public health office. It's sort of a checkpoint for ships bringing cargo into Venice. 1793, several cases of plague were found on two ships coming through the checkpoint. As a result, the island became a quarantine zone for those afflicted with the plague. But that's only the mo- <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, only the most recent example of being a plague island. Uh, in fact, it played this role over and over in its long bloody history. 
in the days of antiquity, Romans used the isolated little island as a quarantine zone. They left their diseased people there to die. And then later, when plague once again threatened uh, the known world, Venetians picked up where the Romans left off, and Viglia Island became one of the three quarantine islands, or as I read the also in the Venetian Lagoon. Now, the situation was often much more humane, as you might at first imagine. American writer and filmmaker Ransom Briggs, who uh, visited Paviglia Island in 2010, reported that a at uh, Nazareto Poviglia, most wayfarers had their own room, sometimes even their own little apartment. They well fed and drank together, and they could send and receive mail. However, Venice underwent many full blown uh, plague outbreaks, and during those periods, there's a little doubt the Lazarettos turned uh, from a purgatory into an outright hell. Now, Venice had very strict sanitation laws. And those who were sick or even suspected of being sick <coughs> excuse me, were rounded up and taken to the island. If they're to live or die, as fate might decide. In fact, the stories say the ferries carrying the sick and the dead to the island for isolation or disposal ran continuously at peak periods of the plague. And to achieve the the latter, large numbers of corpses, the bodies of plague victims were stacked in plague pits on the north side of the island, and they just set fire to them. That uh, putrid smoke would have filled the air over the island, been visible for miles and miles away, bringing fear and dread to the hearts of everybody who witnessed it. Now, worse even than the uh, horrors associated with the plague pits on the north end of the island or the stories of body parts tumbling into the sea or the stories of people being thrown into the infernos while they were still alive. Now, it's said that during the peak outbreaks of plague, people who were unwell but still alive were, shall we say, accidentally thrown into the flaming pits as panicked workers struggled to send every carrier of the plague, human or otherwise, up in smoke as quickly as possible. Um, and sometimes the these uh, deaths were actually premeditated murder. The eastern side of the island has a large open area known as the uh, plague fields. And it was called that because it's where large numbers of plague sufferers abided, waiting for the disease to kill them. That seems, uh, you know, horrifying enough, but... There are also stories about doctors and guards who would patrol these fields and take those near death to the burning grounds as a, to be fed to the flames. There were no peaceful deaths for those uh, afflicted with the Black Plague. If the plague didn't get you, the fires would. Now, the screams of the burning carried almost all the way across the lagoon to Venice. So, how do you think it felt to approach the island on a ferry and hear those Agonized whales coming across the water, growing louder and louder as you drew closer to your destination. I mean, can you imagine the thoughts that went through the minds of those on board the ferries as they contemplated their own painful future fate and 
There was nothing you could do to avoid it. Now, it's sad that even now these tormented souls linger on the island. Misty apparitions have been spotted moving over plague fields, and voices have been heard by visitors and captured on the VP. Nearer to the uh, burning ground, screams and wails have been heard, and phantom odors of burning, burning flesh and burning hair have been reported. Estimates of the number of people cremated or buried on Paviglia Island over its entire history vary widely, but many accounts put the number at 160,000 or more. That's an awful lot of human remains on a 17-acre island. Explains why uh, urban legends claim uh, half the island is made up of uh, human remains and describe a thick layer of oily ash that covers the island's surface. In fact, a lot of stories say there are so many dead on the island uh, that uh, they can't contain them all. Even today, fishermen who cast their nets too close to Perviglia Island occasionally uh, discover human bones mixed in with the fish in their nets. You know, these bones have no doubt uh, entered the ocean through natural means such as erosion. It's definitely unnerving to think that there are so many bodies there that the Man can no longer hold them on and spills them into the sea. Now, if the stories would be believed, plague wasn't the only reason for being burned alive on Biglia Island. Start. <clears throat> yeah, as I was saying, <clears throat> if all the stories told about Paviglia Island are true, Plague wasn't the only reason for being burned alive on that island. Starting in 1645, a series of octagonal-shaped fortified islands were created in the Venetian Lagoon. They were meant to repel German invaders. And one of the islands was separated from Fabiglia Island, but only an air channel. In addition to whatever killings can be ascribed to the area in its capacity as a defense against invaders, also used by the English to ambush French commandos during the Napoleonic Wars. Legend says the prisoners who were caught that way were taken to Paviglia Island and burned just as the plague victims were burned. Same stories also say that numerous sunken French ships reclined in seabed around the, the octagon, adding to the number of dead and the degree of suffering that can be associated with this particular location. Now, in 1922, the island and the buildings on it were repurposed once more. Part of the island was used as a mental hospital. Another part may have been used as a retirement community. Now, that's a great combination. One of the most frequently told stories about Perviglia Island takes place during this time period. And it said that one of the doctors working at the mental hospital, Dr. Damian Nikolovich, noticed a disproportionately high number of his patients were suffering from uh, phasmophobia, essentially a fear of ghosts coupled with phantasmagoria, the delusion of seeing ghosts. You know, patient after patient told doctors similar stories of... Uh, seeing terrifying spirits, the ghost of plague victims, smelling the odor of burning bodies, and hearing threatening whispers when they were alone. 
Now, of course, being a well-educated man of science, Dr. Nikolovich dismissed their claims as a sheer delusion brought on by the ghost stories told about Periglia Island's dark history. Well, this discounting of the stories told to him would come back to haunt him, so to speak. Driven to leave his name in the annals of psychiatric discovery, he began using experimental treatments of his own devising on his patients. He's alleged to perform lobotomies, you know, perforating a patient's brains in order to shut down the parts I'm suspected of causing their insanity, with tools as primitive as drills, hammers, and chisels, even the proverbial ice pick. Maybe influenced by the same dark forces his patients complained about, he went just a step further. Now, records don't reveal any specific allegations against the doctor, but the legend says experimental surgeries and treatments that bordered on absolute butchery were the norm for those under Dr. Nikolovich's care. Further, many of those torturous surgeries and experiments were said to have taken place in the Bell Tower. Now, after years of torturing his patients in the name of science, the doctor himself went mad. He climbed to the top of the bell tower and jumped to his death. Now, some stories say his patients revolted, carried him to the top of the tower, and threw him off, but the only way to get to the top of the bell tower is by way of a 150 foot ladder. It'd be difficult enough for one person to climb it, let alone several. Uh, unwell people carrying a full-grown man who didn't want to be carried. Others suggest that he was driven mad by the same ghost and dark forces that tormented his patients, in which he had insisted were just shared delusions. Or maybe he was driven to suicide by the guilt over the tortuous experiments he had uh, put his patients through. We'll probably never know what actually happened. Uh, one story, though, is that after decades of performing hideous procedures on his patients, he began to see the plague-ridden spirits that inhabited Perviglia Island for himself, and forced to admit they were real and not just delusions suffered by his patients, he was led to the tower by his own guilt, or maybe by the spirits themselves. According to this particular story, when the doctor jumped from the tower, the fall didn't kill him immediately. Lay on the ground, his wrecked body seizing and shuddering in pain while a nurse rushed to help. She stopped in her tracks, though, when she saw a mess come up out of the ground and actually choked the doctor to death. Well, in 1968, the hospital was closed. The island was shut down to tourism. And even today, it's difficult to find somebody who'll take you out there. And those who do are rarely willing to sit foot on the property. People who do investigate it, though, find a paradoxical place that is filled with natural beauty and suffer, suffused with a sense of peace while still bearing the marks of its grotesque and disturbing history. A uh, photographer recently visited Perviglia Island and said the overwhelming feeling he experienced during his time there was actually one of peace and serenity. It's a very quiet place. And yet... Uh, he said he'd never forget the soil composition of the burning grounds. 2014, the cash-strapped Italian government decided to auction off a 99-year lease on Perviglia Island. 
a businessman named Luigi Brugnaro won the auction, 400,000 pounds. His intention uh, is to restore some of the island's derelict buildings and open it up to the public uh, for public use once again. And though there's no information available as to what form that's going to take, um, maybe a luxury hotel is everybody's guess. Uh, you can only imagine that uh, once people are more easily able to visit Figley Island, its fame will grow and the stories told about it will multiply. So it's a coin toss as to whether to become a peaceful retreat or the most haunted place on the planet. Only time will tell. Now from Pervigli Island, let's go to Singapore. The Changi, the old Changi Hospital. In the Malaysian and Indonesian folklore contains a creature called a Pontianak which is like a female vampiric ghost. Pontianaks are generally portrayed as uh, pale-skinned women with long black hair and red eyes wearing blood-spattered white dresses. And they're said to be the spirits of women who died while they were pregnant. And they haunt the night looking for men to prey on. Once they choose a victim, Pontianaks uh, transform into beautiful seductresses. Beautiful, that is, until they dig their talon-like fingernails into your stomach to devalue your organs. They can be identified by the strong floor flagrants that surrounds them um, before morphing into the stench of rotting flesh. And They're just one category down there with few beings that have been spotted roaming the grounds and surrounding countryside of the old Changi Hospital. Now, in 1935... Singapore was a British colony. That year, the Crown built the old Changi Hospital on a hill in Changi, Singapore, as both a barracks for military troops and a hospital. And when it first opened, it was called the Royal Air Force Hospital and served largely as a military facility. And when the Second World War broke out, the Japanese invaded and took over the hospital and the barracks and used them as a prison camp run by their secret police. The Kempai Tai. Now, the uh, Kempai Tai were notorious for using fear and torture to get information and to punish those who crossed them. Kind of like the German the Gestapo and SS. They enthusiastically employed every kind of torture you could imagine, and many you probably don't want to. From rape to biological warfare, it would seem that nothing was too extreme for them. But some of their atrocities seemed like things straight out of a movie. Throwing caged prisoners into the ocean to drown or be eaten alive by sharks or cutting limbs off people and then sewing them back on in different locations to see what would happen. Well, it's impossible to say that for certain exactly uh, what the Kempai Tai uh, did within the walls of the hospital during the war. It's safe to assume it was the the stuff that you would only find in nightmares. And when the war was drawing to a close and the tables were turned on the Japanese occupiers, um, there was a different atmosphere, so to speak. 
When Singapore was liberated from Japanese military control, Japanese soldiers were the one who faced execution. Often in the same place, they had committed horrible acts against the friends and families of those who were now their captors. Eventually, the hospital and the barracks were all converted back into a hospital. And it operated on that hillside until 1990s when it was relocated to make access easier for patients and staff who would have no longer the, the problem of dealing with the steep staircases throughout the grounds. And the buildings that had seen so much trauma and abuse were left to stand empty, but for the spirits that uh, clearly haunt them. Now, starting as far back as the 1940s, when the hospital was in operation after the war, people began reporting paranormal experiences in and around Old Changi Hospital. Things like disembodied screams that sound as though they'd been ripped from the lungs of a person in the throes of horrible torture, full apparitions, shadow people, erratic lights. One common sighting is that of a small boy sitting all by himself and staring into space. Other frequently reported ghosts include a baby crawling through the empty hallways of the abandoned hospital and a white-haired um, Chinese lady in a broken-down wheelchair. Now, according to the website, Unexplained Mysteries of the World, villagers uh, talk of seeing the spirits of people of several different nationalities wandering around the hospital grounds and even through the village itself. There's stories of ghostly Japanese soldiers wearing the fear-inducing uniforms of the Imperial Guard from the Second World War, and the spirits of Chinese soldiers who were tortured and killed in the hospital during its occupation have also been seen. Even Caucasian ghosts belonging to British soldiers make appearances now and then, and the prevailing theory is that these are the ghosts of soldiers from both sides of the conflict who perished in that particular area. And according to the book Lost in Darkness. Ghosts don't limit themselves to the hospital grounds and the village either. The beaches surrounding Old Changi were the scene of mass um, carnage. Chinese citizens and sympathizers who didn't swear allegiance to uh, Japan were actually beheaded there. And some stories say the number of dead were in the hundreds of thousands. But even if you assume that that number's an exaggeration, it's safe to say the beaches would have run red with blood. Nowadays, ghostly decapitated bodies occasionally wash up on the beach, and occasionally a spectral head will be spotted soaring through the air as if it had just been cut from its body. Now, one of the creepiest occurrences at the old Changi Hospital is also apparently one of its most common. As the stories and rumors about Old Changi Hospital expand, so does its appeal to a certain segment of society, those who like to brush up against the unknown. And these people will venture into Old Changi Hospital looking to encounter the unexplainable or simply to enjoy a good scare. And sometimes they get a little bit more than they bargain for. The stories in particular... Um, Those reported in a paranormal guide website say that while exploring the empty echoing halls of Old Changi Hospital, one member of the group was persuaded by another to separate from the rest of the, the group. Their friends would then venture off on their own, going deeper and deeper into the hospital. And everything would seem normal. 
right up until the friend who talked him into uh, leaving the main group vanishes. Suddenly the explorer realizes he's lost in the dark. Alone before the spirits that still linger there in one of the most haunted places in Singapore. And once the, the wanderer is eventually found, terrified, disoriented, he learns from his group of friends that he had wandered off alone. Not with a friend as he had believed. Certainly not with any human companion. Another variation on this encounter, the explorer is led not deep into the hospital, but out of it by a friend who says that uh, they don't belong here because it's too dangerous. That they shouldn't return. And then, once they've left the group, the friend vanishes. Um, once the paranormal uh, explorer, I guess you can call him, has been guided safely back out of the building. Now, as with most haunted hospitals, there's a number of, shall we say, common threads. Female spirits named Mary, for example, and balls left in hallways for childish ghosts to play with. One thing that's absolutely unique to the old Changi Hospital, though, is the Pontianak, and it's said to haunt the, the grounds in the village. Now, sightings of this entity have been reported in and around old Changi Hospital for years. It's said this creature appears and disappears at will. One man who was a former patient of old Changi, his name was Otto, said to have seen and smelled something unnerving during his time in the hospital. According to what uh, he reported during his two-week stay, he was occasionally uh, saw occasional shadow moving about on the ceilings of the corridor when it's empty. Heard uh, something cough, even though uh, he was the only patient in the ward. Once he woke up to a strong flower perfume on a particularly cold night. Tried everything to increase the speed of the ceiling fan. Also rubbed tiger balm on his nose. Perfume disappeared when a nurse came in to do a routine check. But as soon as she left, the perfume came back. Now, one thing to keep in mind is the small, strong smell of perfume is a, a um, part of the appearance of a Pontianac. And if that was the cause of the smell, maybe it's never he never maybe it's better he never did see the creature. Now from Singapore, let's go to uh, the United Kingdom. Go to Colchester, England. The second Essex County Asylum. Opened there in 1913 in order to alleviate some of the overcrowding of the first Essex County Asylum. First hospital eventually came to be called Waverly Hospital and the second uh, Severals Hospital or Severals Mental Hospital. Now, the word at Severals was originally segregated by gender. Even staff went around to enter the opposite gender's ward. And those rules were soon relaxed, though, which but there were still men and women's sides. When the First World War broke out, the hospital was uh, commandeered and turned into a military facility. Originally, it served as a military camp, but then as the war became worse and there were more wounded soldiers to deal with, it became a military hospital. 
the war ended, the hospital was decommissioned and returned to civilian use. Tragically, in the very early hours of the morning of August 11th, 1942, in the midst of the Second World War, the Luftwaffe, that's the German Air Force, dropped three 500-pound bombs on the hospital, landed on the women's uh, ward and killed 38 women and injured 23 more. And there are dozens of stories of heroism and selflessness that are told about the night as people labored for hours to save those trapped in the debris. After a long, colorful history, several has closed its doors in 1997, and a, a ring of steel was erected around the site to try to keep trespassers out. Unfortunately, um, it proved less than effective, and the hospital suffered at least two arson attacks in the years it followed. And the, the site abounds with illegally visiting uh, ghost hunters. Now, there are few, if any, detailed descriptions of the paranormal experiences at Cerberus Hospital, but the um, urban ghost crew, as they call themselves, captured some interesting evidence of activity on the grounds. One hallway, they took a photograph of a hazy outline. It looks like it could be a human figure, which suggests it might be a spirit of a nurse pressing an invisible wheelchair. They also have a photograph of some orbs hovering in a room containing an empty hospital bed and it looks like a few propane tanks just outside the room they got an EVP of a man's voice saying I live then in Derby England there's the Royal Hospital shortly after the Royal Hospital opened its doors reports of a ghost began to pour in people reported seeing a man dressed all in black with a cloak Apparently, this man could walk through walls. And since the hospital site used to be an ancient Roman road, people tend to think the spirit is the ghost of a Roman soldier who died there. In 2009, Daily Mail article reported that uh, hospital administrators were taking the site seriously. So seriously, in fact, they actually hired a exorcist to rid the property of the ghost in order to put the staff's mind at rest. At least one staff member was a fan of the ghost, though. According to this individual, I'd quite like to see a ghost. Patrick could help out that, uh, when we're understaffed. Now, from Derby, England, let's turn to Nocton, Lincolnshire, in England. The RAF Hospital, Nocton Hall. Now, Nocton Hall is somewhat unique among hospitals because it's actually more famous for a tree growing on its grounds than it is for the being haunted. Nocton Hall began uh, life as a private house or home. Built in 1530, the estate has housed several famous residents, including Frederick John Robinson, first Earl of Ripon, who for a short time was the Prime Minister of the UK. Now, during both the First and Second World Wars, the hospital was commandeered and used first as a convalescent home and then as a hospital. Returned to service as a private residence in the 1980s, but was uh, leased back for, to the Army for use during the Gulf War in 1984. In 94, it officially closed its doors. Unfortunately, it was burned in 2004 and now stands only in ruins. 
And those stories circulate about the grounds of Nocton Hall being uh, haunted by the ghosts of the men and women who uh, worked and died there. Very few patients actually pass through the doorway of the hospital. And that coupled with the fact that it's difficult to find specific stories about hauntings makes most of the ghost stories. However, there are other stories. One story has been told and retold, that of the ghost of a traumatized young woman. In an article in the Grantham Journal, she said to haunt one particular bedroom of the, of the house, a girl is said to have woken several visitors at exactly 4.30 in the morning. Startled visitors wake up to find the, the ghostly girl at the foot of the bed, sobbing and mumbling about a devilish man. And some people even claim to have captured an image of the girl on film. According to the story, the ghost is the spirit of a girl who was raped and murdered on the grounds. But uh, unfortunately, there don't seem to be any official records to confirm that this event ever happened. Even more famous at Nocturne Hall than the sobbing ghost, though, is a tree that grows just outside it. And it has to be tough for a ghost to be upstaged by just a tree, but it's going to happen. This is a tree you want to do it. It's a massive chestnut tree that stands with the help of some reinforcing uh, boards. It, appear it appears this uh, now giant tree was planted in 1541 by Catherine Howard fifth wife of King Henry VIII and hopefully before her demise she got the opportunity to enjoy it somewhat. Now let's go to Liverpool, the Newsom Park Hospital. According to the Haunted Places website, before it was converted into a hospital, the, the uh, now abandoned Newsom Park Hospital building used to be an orphanage. And a lot of people who style themselves as investigators claimed to have picked up the presence of a child spirit there. The building is also said to have an oppressive atmosphere. And the sound of running and dragging feet can be heard at going through the dark. A February 2015 article in the Daily Mirror reported a much talked about eerie sight. Not something recorded by a paranormal investigator, but rather a, an image captured on a geographical mapping service uh, run by one of the world's largest tech companies. A Google Street View image captured what appears to be a face in the window of an old deserted building. Local residents spotted the image on the open access mapping tool, which is built into Google's Maps and Google Earth, and he shared his find. Faces believed to be that of a mysterious ghost child. Nobody knows the identity of this child, but no one has been able to deny that the face is there. Then from Liverpool, let's go to Stockport, England, St. Thomas's Hospital. Now, St. Thomas's Hospital has been sitting vacant in disrepair for 10 or 15 years, and uh, in uh, 2015, an individual went exploring. Daily Mail article reported that the, the woman, her name was uh, Jamie Lee Brown, 
was startled to learn that a photograph she took at St. Thomas's shows the ghostly image of a doctor. That's just one of the creepy stories surrounding this building, which started out as a Union workhouse, Christmas Day, 1841. Later it was renamed the Shaw Heath Hospital in the 1940s, and 1954, it became known as St. Thomas's Hospital until it closed its doors in 2004. Institution, home to an unprecedented number of poor, homeless, and unemployed during the 19th century, was also known by the nickname the Grubber. 1895, inmates of the dangerously overcrowded workhouse were said to have been uh, packed in like sardines. Far more than the uh, 690 residents the building was intended for. Conditions became deplorable and unruly, resulting in a, a violent riot. Riot. I can't talk. Often considered one of the most terrifying and disturbing locations by ghost investigators, St. Thomas's Hospital was the subject of a full episode of the British television show Most Haunted. On the program, host uh, Yvette Fielding and a team of parapsychologists and mediums and other staff would lock themselves into a haunted location overnight in order to investigate and explore the science and psychology and evidence associated with various hauntings. In the ninth season of this show, on the episode that aired February 13, 2007, Fielding introduced the location of uh, St. Thomas's Hospital, described how the building was said to be alive with a significant amount of spiritual activity and a general feeling of overall uneasiness. And she reported that EMF meters in the building displayed uh, wild fluctuations. There had been numerous stories of ghostly apparitions appearing throughout the building. Low moans were heard in the dead of night and muffled sounds of screaming coming from both the women's wing and the lunatic asylum. I also mentioned before the building had been closed in 2004, the top floor was so haunted the staff were no longer allowed to go up there. One of the spirits who made it herself known was a dominant feminine presence in the women's wing seemed to be extremely agitated by the presence of any men in that area. When walking through the the uh, master's quarters in the Stockport Workhouse episode, the medium David Wells spoke about the spirit of a woman named Annie, whose presence was felt. He, she, he reported she whispered messages into his ear, uh, such as prepare yourself for the horrors ahead. And during the overnight filming, one investigator named Kath seemed to have been affected by a spirit during an uh, ad hoc seance. She began to feel a strange, choking feeling in her throat, finding it difficult to breathe and launching into a coughing fit. Shortly after the seance, as the crew was leaving the kitchen area, they were startled by the unexpected sound of glass shattering behind them. When they trained their lights and cameras on the source of the sound, they found the glass they had used on the tabletop for their seance had been flung against a radiator where it... Uh, smashed and throughout the episode odd knocks and loud violent uh, thumping sounds can be heard watching the program uh, complete with its eerie music and startling video effects uh, viewers are left with uh, chills and a sense of constant fearfulness the most haunted uh, hadn't been without controversy though with multiple reports of leaked video footage and 
claims by former staff members that the host had faked many of the thrown objects in Knox and Dart. The May 2013 article by uh, Matt Roper in the Mirror provides information from Dr. Claren O'Keefe, a parapsychologist whose uh, skeptical presence on the show was meant to give a element of uh, credibility. After viewer complaints, uh, Ofcom, an independent broadcasting regulator in the UK, stated the show's techniques are used, which uh, mean the audience isn't necessarily in full possession of all the facts. Ofcom ultimately ruled the antics wasn't fraud because uh, Most Haunted was touted as an entertainment program rather than a legitimate investigation into the paranormal. A few years after the Most Haunted controversy, a 21-year-old woman and her friends captured an image in a photograph while exploring inside the building. When uh, Jamie Lee Brown and her friends uh, entered St. Thomas to look around and have a bit of a laugh, they kept hearing it. <coughs> Excuse me. Odd footsteps and shuffling noises coming from the floor above them in the abandoned building. After only a few minutes inside the building, they became spooked and left, but it was only after they left that uh, she examined one of the photographs she had taken inside. And in the distance behind one of her friends, the image of a doctor can be seen standing in an elevator shaft. Um, according to uh, Ms. Brown, it freaked me out. She was interviewed by the London Sun in a May 2015 article. She said, it's really creepy to think my friend was just uh, heading towards the area where the ghost was. Other figures, such as a radiant woman dressed as either a nurse or a nun, have been seen inside the building, according to uh, listings on the Paranormal Database website. And if the building is truly haunted by former patients or even residents whose conditions made them feel more like inmates, you wonder what might be in store for the building and the grounds when Stockport College, who has acquired the site, it refurbishes as part of their campus expansion. They may get more of an expansion than they bargained for. Then in uh, another location in England, where they, uh, there was a garrison hospital. Um... And there's a very unique tale contained within one of the very first uh, studies of the supernatural that uh, to come from the English-speaking world. Uh, Catherine Crow, or Crow, was an English novelist and children's writer, and she wrote a book in 1848 entitled "The Night Side of Nature," or "Ghosts and Ghost Seers." Went on to become her most popular book, being translated into multiple languages, including French and German. And the book is a series of sketches and anecdotes that uh, she gathered, not for her amusement, but rather to emphasize the supernatural and uh, encourage readers to keep an open mind about incidents reported throughout history by all cultures. According to what she wrote, we should avail ourselves of the instruction to be gained by the simple knowledge that such phenomena have existed and have observed in all ages, and that thereby our connection with the spiritual world may become a demonstrated fact to all who choose to open their eyes to it. Now, there was uh, an excerpt that shares the tales of a soldier laid up in a hospital ward who was visited by the ghost of a woman whose uh, burial he'd been involved in the year before. The woman instructed him to write down a secret to be shared with her husband, who was still living. 
Soldier is then made to keep the details of what she had uh, communicated to her husband a secret from everybody else. And uh, according to what he wrote, uh, in the beginning, the following story, I'm, uh, I'm not permitted to give the names of the place or the parties nor the number of the regiment, all of which uh, I'm acquainted with. The count was taken down by one of the officers who, with whose family I was also acquainted, and the circumstances occurred within the last ten years. Um, the narrator's a captain um, identified only as Captain E. Said about the month of August, my attention was requested by the schoolmaster sergeant, a man of considerable worth and highly esteemed by the whole corps, to an event that had occurred in the guard, uh, garrison hospital. And having heard his recital, which from the serious earnestness with which he made it challenged attention, I resolved to investigate the matter, and having communicated the circumstances to a friend, we both repaired to the hospital for the purpose of inquiry. There were two patients to be examined, both men of good character, and neither of them suffering from any disorder affecting the brain. The one was under treatment for consumptive symptoms, and the other for a ulcerated leg, and they were both in the prime of life. Uh, having received a confirmation of the schoolmaster's statement from the hospital sergeant, also a very respectable and trustworthy man, I went to the patient principally concerned and desired him to state what he had seen and heard, warning him at the same time that it was my intention to take down his deposition. It would behooved him to be very careful as possibly uh, serious steps might be taken for the purpose of discovering whether Imposition had been practiced in the wards of the hospital, a crime for which he was well aware a very severe penalty could be in, uh, inflicted. And he then proceeded to relate the circumstances which I took down in the presence of Mr. R. and the hospital sergeant. And according to what the patient said, it was last Tuesday night, somewhere between 11 and 12. All of us were in bed, and all lights out except the rush light that was allowed for the man with the fever. And I was awoken by the feeling of a weight on my feet. At the same time as I was drawing up my uh, pegs, uh, Private W., who uh, lies in that cot opposite mine, called out, I say, Q, there's somebody sitting on your legs. I looked at the bottom of the bed, and I saw someone get up from it and come around and stand over me in the passage between my cot and the next. Now, I felt somewhat alarmed for the last few nights. The ward had been disturbed by the sounds of a heavy foot walking up and down, and nobody had be seen, beginning to be su supposed among us that it was haunted, and fancying this that uh, came up to my bed's head and might be the ghost, I called out, Who are you and what do you want? Well, the figure leaned uh, forward to one hand on the wall and one on, uh, over my head and stooping down said in my ear, I'm Mrs. W uh, Mrs. M., and I could distinguish that she was dressed in a flannel gown edged with black ribbon, exactly similar to the set of grave clothes to which I had assisted to clothe her corpse when her death took place the year before. She said uh, the voice uh, wasn't, wasn't like Mrs. M's nor like anybody else's, yet it was distinct and seemed somehow to sing through my head. She said I could see nothing of the face beyond a darkest color about the head and appeared to me that I could see through her body um, against the window panes. Now, he 
He said, although I was very uncomfortable, I asked her what she wanted, and she said, I'm Mrs. M., and I wish you to write to him that was my husband and tell him. Well, at that point in time, he said, I'm not at liberty uh, to mention anybody what she told me except uh, to her husband. He's at the depot in Ireland, and um, I've written and told him, made me promise not to tell anybody else. After I'd promised secrecy, she told me something of a matter that convinced me I was talking to a spirit because it related to what only I and Mrs. M knew and no one living could know anything, uh, whatever of the matter. And if I wouldn't speak in my last words on earth, I say solemnly it was Mrs. M's spirit that spoke to me then and no one else. Well, the point I'm making is that... Uh, Sometimes the ghosts come back for a reason to them that is very valid. Uh, from this particular um, unnamed hospital, we're going to go to the Movetti in Northern Ireland, the Roe Valley Hospital. Well, actually, we've run out of time for today's show. But suffice it to say, there are haunted hospitals in many countries. Any place where there's suffering and death has the possibility of being haunted. On that note, we're coming into today's show. We'll be back next week. Once again, you'll be listening to Ken Hudnall and the Ken Hudnall Show. Until then, have a truly great weekend. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.